Welcome to the Rutledge Perspective. I'm your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about things that are top of mind as you navigate your career or build your business. The plan is to get you out of your rut or talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Here, we speak the truth. Here, we challenge ideas. Here, we give ourselves grace. And along the way, we also have a little fun. Welcome to the village. This week on The Rutledge Perspective, we're talking about solutions as a part of leadership and service. And I talked about this on the radio show this week as well, but it's something that really struck me because I had to begin to manage my own expectations, which is something I'm going to talk about probably next week around this because I got so irritated and so angry about this situation. And that's where this came up that said, you know, when we are thinking about leadership and how we lead and how we serve others, it is about solutions, not just about saying we're in service to people. It's really about solutions. So I've been having some real challenges with um, technology, with service, you know, roof stuff, fence stuff, you name it, it is going on in my life right now. And in some cases, I have had exceptional response, exceptional response. And in some cases, it has been the worst of the worst of the worst, to put it kindly, because I'm trying to be kind. (laughs) On this episode, I'm trying not to say the ugly words that are running through my head. But it's so crazy that we don't really connect solutioning with showing up as a leader, right? We think our teams are supposed to come up with it. We give the direction and then people just go do the work. But it's so much deeper than that. You know, one of the things I always tell HR people is it's not always about saying no, right? It's a no, but, or as my friend Lanier says, not this, but that, right? We may not be able to do it the way you want to do it, but if you tell me where we're going to go, we can probably find a way to get there. And that's what solutioning is about. It's not about saying yes to everything. It's not about giving people the answer they want, which in some cases is doing something that may not even be compliant, but it's about finding a solution that gets them to the outcome that they're looking for, even if the pathway to get there is different than they expected or that they wanted. An example is the manager, one of the managers at a, an Apple store here in Houston, Texas. And so I was having an issue with Apple. I'd done all my legwork first because I've learned do all the work first, make the calls, ask the questions, make sure what you're about to do is something that can be done through the process. So calling Chase, calling Apple, calling everybody, getting everything aligned and only getting to the store and spending two and a half hours to find out that, oh no, we can't do that. I was really beside myself. And And having a conversation with the first manager that came up, because I was trying to essentially use some some points that I'd accumulated on purpose to buy a new laptop. And the person who was helping me didn't know how to do it. She was fairly new. No worries. You know, no worries. She was going to call somebody else, called over a manager. The first thing the manager says was, we can't do that. Those are the first words out of his mouth. And I said, wait, I've already done my legwork. I've talked to everybody. You can do this. They told me that you can do this. I even had a name, right? Gave him the name. Well, I'm a manager. I've never heard of this. That's not something we could do. And I said, but you can. So perhaps there is something that you don't know yet because you don't know everything. Maybe there's something that you don't know because I literally just talked to people before I even got in my car to come here. And this is the second store. And he proceeded to just 
no, 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 no. We can't, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't. And finally I said, you know what? I can't talk to you anymore. You're making my nerves bad. I need to talk to somebody else. Somebody above you. Well, there's nobody above me. There's got to be somebody above you because I don't think you own Apple. So there's somebody above you. I need to talk to somebody else. Well, you know, I can get you another manager, but they're going to tell you the same thing I'm told you. I don't care. I just can't talk to you anymore. Just give me somebody else. But this time I'm just trying to maintain some semblance of decorum. The other manager came up and told him the same story, told him the exchange spiel. His response was not no. His response was, you know what? I've been a manager here for six years. I have never heard of that before. Normally it gives us what our options are, but you know what? I don't know everything. Let's see what we can find out. My blood pressure went down. My ears pricked up because I thought I actually have someone now who's at least listening to me. So of course the other manager standing beside him, they start kind of looking at some things. I have my app from the bank on the thing, which I'm not going to sign into my bank account on an Apple store computer by any means. So we go through a whole lot of things. We finally, he even finally says, you know what? Let's just call them. Let's call them together. I said, great. Let's see if we can get Esther again. Cause Esther's the one that told me we could do this. We of course don't get Esther. We get Anna who says, no, we can't do that. And I said, well, talk to Esther. Cause Esther told me we could do that. And she said, well, let me get a supervisor. Supervisor says, no, long story short, all of the people who confirmed four people who confirmed for me, this could be done. And I confirmed multiple times on purpose. Cause again, I've learned to do my legwork before I show up anywhere. Now, all of a sudden you can't do it. Uh, so four people were misinformed, which means they misinformed me. And now I'm sitting in an Apple store. I've got to get a machine. I mean, I'm just beside myself trying not to slip my wrist. And finally, this manager says, you know what? And I tell him the whole story. I tell him my entire history with Apple. It's been a nightmare since my very first iPhone. Literally, it's been a nightmare since my first iPhone. Every service issue is an issue. Every time I go into a store, it's an issue. I've had more machines where people just say, well, we don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's been a nightmare. And now I'm kind of locked in because that eye drop thing makes it easy to move things. So you just kind of, the, the, the pain of staying with them um, as painful as it is, seems less than the pain of trying to get everything back on PC and not being able to, to transfer things. It's just nightmare. So this guy finally says, you know what? Okay, but there's gotta be a way that we can do this. I don't want you to leave here, you know, feeling the way you felt about Apple. There's gotta be something we can do. And proceeded with me to go through down all the options. We checked coupons, we checked gift cards. We, we checked everything we could possibly check. And so I end, still ended up not getting the machine, ended up calling Chase back, right? But with this guy, I'm like, okay, you know what? Don't hold the machine. I'm just going to, I'll call back Chase, see what's going on. He said, nope, I hold it. Nope, don't worry about it. I go call Chase actually before I leave this place where I am and get another Chase representative, confirm with her that I can do it a little different. I can buy it and then pay myself back kind of thing. And I go back in because I haven't left yet. Go back in and tell him, here's what I'm going to do, but I'm not getting it tonight because I want to go confirm it with at least three or four more people before I do anything. He says, I understand. I'm going to hold the machine. No, no, no. Don't worry about inventory. I'm going to hold the machine. I'll be here tomorrow. Fine. So I'm now two and a half hours in to this situation. I've gone to two stores. I still don't have a machine. I've done all of my legwork before. I am just beside myself, but I run into a leader who says, you know what? No, we can't do that, but let me figure out what we're trying to do and see if we can find a solution. That's leadership. That's leadership.
And we often forget that it's not always that people want to be, want to hear what they want to hear. It's that they want to know that you have heard them. They want to know that you as a leader, again, leadership is about behavior, not position. They want to know that you as a leader, hear them, that you understand what they're trying to do and that you are going to do your best to get to a solution. Just, he turned that entire experience around. I still didn't get what I want. And the reason I keep saying that is because that's about to come into play here in this story. I still didn't get what I want, which was to leave with my machine in my hand, having used the points to get it. That's what I wanted. I didn't get that, but I didn't leave irritated and disgruntled and continue to hate Apple. Well, maybe a little bit, but continuing to be so irritated with them. He had turned that entire situation around. Right. And when I went back to him, uh, the next day to, to get the machine, I told him that I said, you know what? I just want to take a sidebar here and tell you as a former senior HR executive, having hired tons of people from the boardroom to the plant floor, you exhibit what leadership is about because it's about solutions. I needed someone to hear what the issue was, understood that I had done all of the legwork and I was moving based on information I had been given and to not just blow that off and just say no and walk away. I said, so you should be training every manager at every store because you get that. And his response was, well, one, thank you. He said, yeah, he said, and I could see that. He said, and I did have a conversation with the other manager that talked with you to just say, she wasn't looking for you to just do it. She was looking for you to find a solution. And that is so true. I just needed a solution. Two and a half hours driving all over town. And I'm in Houston, Texas. I'm driving all over town, right? This gets to the point of where it doesn't show up. I do my legwork again with Chase. The go get the machine, get all the confirmation, multiple people confirming, yes, this is a thing. You can do this. Get the machine on a Wednesday. Don't even touch it on Thursday. Don't even take the plastic off. Still in the little Apple bag sitting on my desk, right? Thursday is the holiday. Still waiting for the charge to show up, right? Because I want to make sure that this is all going to happen. Friday, still didn't see the charge, but the holiday was the Thursday, right? Veterans Day. So I'm like, okay, well, it's Friday. I'm going to take a chance. I've got to get some things recorded. So let me just go ahead and at least start setting it up initially. I did that. <sighs> then I call. It finally shows up on Saturday. Can't pay myself back. It's not an option. I call. I did not get the 18 by any stretch of the imagination any stretch of the imagination. What I got was a supervisor who said, you're just mad because I'm not giving you the answer you want. Is there anything else I can help you with? I'm not going to do anything else for this. You're going to have to wait seven to 10 days for snail mail. That's all we can do. I can do nothing else. Is there anything else I can help you with? You are just not, you're just mad because I can't give you the answer that you want. I thought I was literally going to have a coronary. I was so angry and no recourse, right? Huge organization. Clearly they don't care. Clearly someone who does not need to be in customer service, much less a supervisor in customer service, because his perspective was, I don't know what to tell you. It's I'm following the process. I'm going down the checklist. It's going to be seven to 10 days. He didn't hear anything that I said, not a single thing. Now, mind you, I talked to five people on Saturday, five people at Chase and could not get a satisfactory response. Then I sent an email. The email response wasn't satisfactory either. Again, I'm not looking for you to change your whole way of doing things. This is pretty simple. 
It's not rocket science. It's not open heart surgery. Uh, we are not delivering babies here, right? We are trying to make sure that we can continue to use what you have committed that I can use. And that should not take seven to 10 business days to figure that out. Complete opposite. And so I responded and I let them know how upset I was knowing that, you know, as big as they are, they don't care. But here's the issue. The bigger you get, so if you're running your own business and you're continuing to build that business, don't lose sight of solutions. Don't lose sight of what your customer actually needs. That's the thing as entrepreneurs. What is the solution that you are providing? What is the problem that you're solving and how do you solve it? But these organizations get so big or departments get so big. What is the solution that your teammate needs? What is the solution that the person who's on your team that you're leading needs in order to do their job? What is the solution that the customer needs? How do you fix the problem that they're having? HR people, this is around benefits. When benefits get jacked up, when payroll gets jacked up, how do you fix it? And I can attest to this because I had a vendor that completely screwed up a payroll transformation. It was horrendous and I lit them up to the sky and we fixed it. My team stayed all night. We, we had to do paper checks. I mean, it was a freaking nightmare, but people were going to get paid. We were not going to miss a payroll. And then we made the vendor hold themselves accountable for their screw up, right? But that's because they had lost sight. One, they had overcommitted. They saw money. They saw dollar signs, right? The salespeople who don't have to do any kind of implementation saw dollar signs. They saw, oh, this is a, this is a spinoff of a bigger company. If we can get in early, right? They weren't listening to what we needed. They weren't listening to the situation we were in. And therefore they overpromised and underdelivered, and then couldn't find a solution that was satisfactory. And the same thing, we got the D team. We got the D team, right? Because then all of a sudden they couldn't figure it out. Oh, and oh, by the way, you're not quite as big as these other organizations, right? So you don't get the A team, you get the B team until we got a fantastic account manager who I would recommend wherever, and I know she's left the organization now. She is phenomenal. So if you're looking for a payroll vendor, let me know and I'll connect you to her. Um, but she, she turned it around because she was about solutions. She recognized as an old CEO told me, if we screw it up, we're gonna apologize and we're gonna make it right. If we didn't, we'll see you in court, right? But if we apologize, we're gonna do it, we're gonna make it right. That's what people are looking for. They're looking for solutions and as leaders, it's the solution that builds the trust. It's the execution and the ownership of the mess up and the desire and the ability to figure it out. All of these customer service people, tech support, this is why people lose their minds because you hire people into these customer service arenas that are probably really, really good people into these really difficult jobs really difficult jobs. And not everybody is a good fit for customer service. So don't just hire somebody because you're desperate to get people get butts in the seats. Cause that's what happens. You get really great people, but they're not the right fit because not everybody can manage the challenges of customer service. And so it's important for you to understand that that whole customer service piece is that face to your customer. That's where you build customer loyalty. That's where you get the reviews that say, they didn't answer my question, but I tell you what, I will never buy anywhere else because of the way they treated me. As Maya Angelou said, people will remember, they may not remember what you say, but they will remember how you treated them. 
People will remember how you treated them. Customers will remember how you treated them. People who work for you will remember how you treated them. People you work for will remember, you know, you will remember how they treated you, right? People remember how they felt. And if you are willing and able to think about solutions, if you are willing and able to listen actively, to understand the problem and to be creative around those solutions, you can build all kinds of loyalty that you couldn't even imagine. So how about we stop taking these huge customer service organizations and giving them a checklist that starts with, did you plug, unplug it and plug it back in? There is nobody on this earth that doesn't know that that's the first thing to do. Stop it. Just stop it. Stop sending people through that madness because if they're at the point where they're actually calling tech support, they're already at the end of frayed nerves. They're already there, right? So how about you give and train your tech support people, your customer service people to be solution oriented. Yes, give them some things to do. Give them some things to check out. Give them some things to really go to do the problem solving thing because there's some, some technical aspects of the machine or technical aspects of the product, right? Of the process. There are some things around it that are um, through experience, things that could be what's going wrong. Absolutely, that makes sense. But teach them to listen to the customer that's on the other side of the phone. So when somebody like me calls and says, you know what? I know you got list one through 52. I need you to start at 14 because I've already unplugged stuff. I've redone stuff. I've closed stuff down. I done all of that. So we need to start at number 14. And if you can't start at number 14, I completely understand because they're probably managing your performance on whether you not, you started at one. So I will hold, just get me to a supervisor. No hard feelings. I get it. Right. Let people think this is why we've gotten intellectually lazy, right? This is why we don't get to places where we want to get because we have trained people not to think. We've trained them not to be innovative. We have started punishing them when they figure out a different solution than the one we wrote down on the paper. And we are missing out on amazing creativity. Stop measuring how long people take on each phone call. Stop it. Because what are you measuring? You're measuring how long they're on the phone call, but that person may, may be the top of the leaderboard. They get every call done in two minutes, but not any customer that they talk to is satisfied, right? What is the outcome? Is the outcome that you want people on the phone no less than two minutes or is the outcome that you want satisfied customers? And you got to be honest with yourself about that. Right. You got to be honest with yourself because what gets measured gets done. If what we're telling people is we're going to put everything on a leaderboard and we're going to watch how long you're on a call, they're going to do their best to get people off the off the phone as quickly as possible. Doesn't matter if they solve the problem. They're just trying to move them off the phone. How about you take six months? I said this morning, right? Take six months. Study. Tell people this six months. We want you to do whatever's necessary to solve the problem of the person on the phone to the best of your ability. That's what we want, right? We want you to be as efficient as possible because we're, we're doing a test. We're trying to figure out how long. So please don't, uh, you know, intentionally take 45 minutes to do something. But we want you to genuinely do your best to solve the problem, right? Listen to phone calls, those kind of things. Do that for six months. What's it going to cost you, right? Do that for six months. And then use that data to determine how long on average does it really take to solve our customer's problem and then back that into how many people do we need on the phones for what kind of period of time, what kind of shifts, as opposed to going with maybe your finance people telling you we only have this much for payroll, so you're going to have to cut heads because that's what happens. We got to cut heads. We got to cut heads 
And then you got people on the phone for two minutes and unsatisfied customers. Leadership is about solutions. Leadership is about listening to the problem at hand and providing an answer that gets people to the outcome that they want, even if the path to that outcome is not what they expected. How about just try it? Just try it and see what happens the next time. Thank you so much for tuning in this week on The Rutledge Perspective. As you can tell, I've been fired up about this issue, about service and solutions. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your stories. How have you been able to get over the anger and the irritation and the frustration at some of this stuff? How can we use that and pass it on to other people who have had the same kind of irritation? And maybe we can all get to a place where customer service truly does put the customer back at the center because it's about all stakeholders not just shareholders. Have a fantastic week. Go out and find some solutions for people because I know you got it in you. Use your creativity, use your innovation. Go blow somebody's mind and how creative you can be. Thank you for tuning in to The Rutledge Perspective and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. You have been listening to The Rutledge Perspective Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please leave us a review, send us your comments, give us a five-star rating. We take that information seriously and it helps us to decide what our next episodes will be. Now you can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com. And you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. And if there's someone that you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutledge Perspective podcast, please pass it along.